Efficient fat burning. Burn, baby, burn. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler, and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. Today, you're in for a real treat. I'm going to be speaking with a professor who is passionate about his research and practices what he preaches. Let's get this party started and buckle up. Welcome to the land of intermittent fasting. We are in search of Pankaj Kapahi, Professor of Genetics of Aging and Age-Related Diseases. Is that you? Yes, that's me. Well, hello, Pankaj. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, you're welcome. And I'm really glad you actually reached out and invited us here. This is fantastic. I know people have heard about intermittent fasting, um, but people don't really know what it is, what's going on with this. So I'm glad we're here and we would love to know what brought you to intermittent fasting. Before I uh, get answer that question, I just want to say, I often, I, I like to tell about fasting, like bring people to this land of fasting, because I think it's a fascinating area. Um, this is I, the way I sell it to people is, you can have a, maybe more than a million dollars just by taking some of this very simple advice. It's free. It's like a million dollars at stake by taking, making this part of your lifestyle. So, um, you know, and I can, I, I can explain how that will happen. Um, but uh, um, so it, it's, it's a very simple concept. And it's something I've been studying since I was, uh, been interested since I was a teenager. I got into this because I was, um, I thought, you know, um, in terms of what I would do, uh, I was very interested in doing science, and I wanted to study um, diseases. And I thought, well, if we figured out why we age, and if we could delay a number of diseases simultaneously, that would benefit mankind. And and as then I I went to medical school, and as I um, as I looked at different approaches, um, I be uh, I, I came across the benefits of fasting, or also known as caloric restriction also known as diet restriction, um, where you, we can um, um, sp uh, reduce specific nutrients in your diet and that, that benefits. So I've been fascinated with this idea because uh, I think these experiments have been done almost uh, 80, 90 years ago now, that if you limit the calories in a, in a diet of a mouse, you can extend its lifespan by almost 50%. Really? Yeah, so that's, that's I thought this is a great question to study further and since then my lab has been using drosophila small worms or 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 flies and worm models or, or and now mice to understand 
why, why, how is it that you live longer by eating less? So I'm, I'm very excited about being on this program because I think this, this area is something everybody should be aware of because it's really the way to sort of think of, um, um, you know, prevention rather than cure. I mean, if you were, if you were to do this right, this would really prevent or slow down a number of diseases. Okay, fantastic. So um, first off, you're talking about you've done all this research. So where are you doing this research? I'm at the Buck Institute, which is a, um, the, I think the only freestanding institute which is dedicated to studying aging and age-related diseases. So the, the researchers there study basic mechanisms of aging and also how that can be translated uh, to humans. Okay. And you're doing this research, you said, uh, for the aging, you're, you're testing on mice. Now, are you using yourself as a test subject? Well, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I can't help but look at the, uh, you know, when we do experiments on our flies and worms and mice, you can't help but think that if this is working for, the, for the, all these animals, and this has been tested in over 30 different species, they eat, they eat less, but are not malnutritioned. They will do better. They will live longer. So not malnutrition. That's that's a good point. That, that's very important. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you it's not. You can't. You shouldn't overdo this, right? But if you get if you do it optimally, um, then it, it's very clear that it benefits you. And the, the what what's amazing is it's benefit benefiting you both short term and long term. So that's why um, you know you can't help but not inculcating this into your lifestyle. So in that sense, yes, I am, I'm, I'm, also, my, I'm also practicing it on myself. You are, okay. We'll hear a little bit more about it, but why don't we, um, how, does, how does intermittent fasting work? I mean, you're talking about fasting in general, but uh, however you wanna break that down for us, most of us aren't hanging out in a research lab. So how would you right. break so that down, how that works? Right. So intermittent fasting uh, means you do fasting in, in, in small periods of time, right? So what, what uh, original research showed that if you just cut down the calories of, uh, of, an, of a mouse, of mouse or, or other species, that would benefit. So the, now the question, uh, question is, how do you cut down the calories? It's very hard to ask someone to, uh, to, to just you know, eat half, right? Eat, or eat, a, eat, eat two thirds of what you're eating. That's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. However, intermittent fasting has been very, um, uh, a very sort of, uh, should I say, clever way to get around it. So the idea is to, um, instead of scaring people by saying, okay, you've got to cut all your you know, calories by half. It's like saying, no, no, you just have to fast once a week. Or how about, you know, try two times a week or, um, or another form of intermittent fasting that I practice is, how about you just do it uh, 16 hours a day? You don't eat anything for 16 hours a day and you eat all your food in, uh, you know, within the eight or eight, anywhere between six to 10 hour window, depending on how much you want to do. I, I like to do the eight hour window. So I eat my, um, I do what's called a 7-11 diet, right? So it's, it starts at seven o'clock in the evening, you, you start fasting, you, you're done with your, um, um, dinner by then, and then I eat my breakfast at eleven. So that's that's a very popular form: sixteen-eight fasting or the seven-eleven, sort of reflecting when you can stop your dinner and the the breakfast uh, you can have it around eleven. Okay, so let's let's pause there. Um, that's an intermittent fasting 
technique, I don't want to say technique, a, a process that you're following. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because what you said was this is a kind of a smart way of getting around how do you cut food in half? Are you essentially cutting your your intake or are you just changing up how you give yourself the intake? Right. You know? And then that, that's the difference. Right. And that's the smart part about it. So when you're normally when you tell someone to cut calories, you have to sort of start worrying about all the calories, right? Mm -hmm. When am I, what am I eating? When am I eating? The idea with the intermittent fasting is um, you're just telling yourself, you know, uh, let's say your dinner normally is at seven, but don't have your breakfast early in the morning. And I used to have breakfast. I used to get up early and I would have breakfast and I would feel good about it. Like, because everyone said breakfast is an important meal, right? Mm -hmm. But if I, all I have to now tell myself is just delay that till 11 o'clock, right? And mm -hmm. that's much easier to do than trying to tell yourself, to cut calories. And, and overall research shows that, well, if you have less time to eat, you can't eat the same amount of calories, right? It's just not possible to pack the same amount of calories. And there are studies showing that even if you were to eat the same amount of calories, you're actually healthier if you eat it within a, in, in this compressed period of time. Okay, so that's a really good point. So you're saying if we're shorting the amount of time the duration that we're eating, we would automatically consume less. But why is it the the times that we choose to eat important? Right. So the the times are are um, you know that ideally you want to eat sort of when in in the period you're active. So you don't want to be eating late, close to bedtime, um, because what there are some very you know elegant experiments showing that if if you eat late at night, the food that you eat kind of it turns into fat. Whereas if you're eating in the morning, then then the, the calories get burnt, right? So the idea is, so if you give, if you space it out well, far away from your bedtime, so then you give the body a chance uh, to repair. So the idea, one of the key concepts, this is uh, tied in with is the circadian clock. The idea is that, you know, every, every cell in your body is a circadian clock. So with intermittent fasting, you're giving a chance your body to repair essentially. So mm -hmm. the fasting, um, that fasting is that the, the fasting allows, the fasting period allows the body, uh, all parts of your body, you know, uh, to, um, to sort of an opportunity to repair the, the damage that often takes place when you're eating. So for example, you, you eat, your gut, your liver suddenly gets the signal, okay, I've got to metabolize this food. It starts things will happen and, and it will start making proteins and enzymes that are different to deal with the food, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when that is done by seven o'clock, you've now sent the signal, okay, time to shut off, close shop, right? And, and now it's time to rest. So now repair processes start. And I'm talking about like repair and pretty much every organ, it looks like is, is uh, regulated by circadian clock. So, you know, your eyes will, uh, repair will start in your eyes. Repair will start in your gut, in your liver. Um, you know the, the the you know even muscle. So so the idea is that all these tissues are getting a chance to repair when you switched off the you know the systems, and and then you give it a proper night's repair because a lot of the repair takes place at night. Right, right. I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, so you know we're always told to get a good night's sleep because that's when repair happens to our body. Now, is that not enough or not enough from what we're facing today's day and age with obesity and all of that? Do we need more time for the body repair 
um, than just you know sleeping eight hours? Absolutely, great question. So a couple of things around it. So one, there are studies showing that when you do this um, intermittent fasting, or also called time restricted feeding, um, you know, so you're restricting the time in which you eat. So I'm going to use the term intermittent fasting um, through the program. You actually improve your sleep and sleep quality because, again, you were not the body's got uh, has received the signals to shut off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if the if you don't eat too so, for example, if you're too close to bed, the body's still digesting. It's harder for it to go to sleep, right? right. And then the other thing that happens, which uh, which I we find in flies, and we find it really amazing in the lab, that when they the animals wake up, they're very active because they're hungry and they're searching for food, right? So mm-hmm. you when you wake up, you're very refreshed. Uh, but uh, to your question, uh, the repair is also beyond sleep. Yes. So the, okay. you're, you're not just getting repair because of sleep. Every cell is repairing. So the gut, for example, when you're not eating, your your intestine, your you know, your gut is going to go in repair mode, right? Okay. So you uh-huh. need that repair mode for the gut and the liver um, so that it can function properly. So, for example, a lot of people are, you know, a lot more people are complaining of uh, uh, what's called irritable bowel syndrome um, or colitis. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, most people are eating um, most people are, you know, a survey showed that over 20% of the people are eating 16 hours a day, not eight, you know, not the time restricted uh, setting that I'm talking about, but, you know, either they eat 12, 12, or they eat 16 hours, literally. So that's Mm -hmm. where the problems are. Uh, People could just get a lot healthier, even by, you know, um, you know, I love food. So that's why with the intermittent fasting, one thing you can do is like, you don't have to worry as much about the calories. Of course you should, you know, you need, need to be, and we'll, we'll talk about like what you should eat and, and how, but, but uh, you need to pay less attention to that because you've done, um, it's like you've done your workout. Another mm-hmm. way to think of it is mm-hmm. by, by fasting, by, and also by keeping yourself, your body in the fasted state for 16 hours, you've just given a body a metabolic workout. It's like going to the gym. The advantages you derive from a fasting state is the same as going out for a workout. And, and what's going to happen, so for example, when you exercise, you're going to burn fat. So that's why that's recommended, right? So now mm-hmm. when you're doing a, a fasting for 16 hours, you're burning fat, you know, for a lot of that time, especially after the first, uh, first hour or so. So your body is going to become very efficient at burning fat. And that's what you want to, to engage your body in being able to burn, uh, burn calories. And then when food comes in, it will deal with it much, much better. Much more efficient. Okay. Much more efficiently. Exactly. So does that start at 16 hours? I mean, is that the only way? You know, I think, okay, if people are going to start this, um, is it always, if this is really going to work, is that the optimal 16 hours or is that the only way this works as far as fasting? Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. No, I think the, it works, uh, you know, I mean, healthy habits, there's, you know, a constellation of habits and more you can do, the better it is. So I, I would say, uh, for example, um, you know, there's studies showing that 1410 is also better than, 12, right? Or, or eating whenever you want, really mm-hmm. the worst. And and if you could do 14 hours of fasting and 10 of feeding, that's also good. But I would, I suggest people to then slowly move to a different, um, you know, um, to the 16-8. I mean, the, the idea is, if you think about it, this is much closer to how we evolved, right? We never had access, we never had a refrigerator till recently, right. right? So we didn't have access to food all the time. People woke up in the morning and then, you know, you're going to then 
to think about how to go about the day or, or a search for food, right? So we're not, uh, suddenly the body is um, getting this excess of calories and at all times, which is something it's not prepared for and it's not built for really. Okay, okay. So in your research, um, how has this fasting, it sounds like you made the point of, yeah, 16 is optimal, but even if you're doing 14, that's already better. Yeah, and some people body. do uh, what's called a, a, a Spartan diet, which is a, a warrior diet that's 24. So they fast for 20, time, 20 hours and they eat only one meal, four hours or eat within the four hour window. And there's also the, um, you know, you can also do 18 and six. So, you know, however- okay you're inclined, okay. you can put, and some days you can push yourself more than others if you feel like, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about uh, what do you recommend for people and how people can try this, but I wanna know um, what has research shown and how, how has this over you know, long periods of time, how has this helped people? Has it helped people with pain, diseases? Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, let's uh, take one of the most well-studied examples, which is in diabetes. So I, it's been shown to, reverse pre-diabetes. So people who are pre-diabetic can become non-diabetic. Mm. People who are diabetic become pre-diabetic. So it, it, it has a, one of the most striking effects it has is on lowering glucose. And I, I'll explain that, um, you know, I explained this graph on, on the podcast and let's see if that's possible. So imagine you're eating three meals a day and you're uh -huh. gonna eat in the 12 hour window, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you will, so you will get imagine like three spikes of insulin and right? every time the food comes in, insulin will spike. And, and then you will, your body goes into this mode of burning, uh, sorry, storing food, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Now imagine, uh, so more insulin essentially. Um, um, and now imagine a situation where you have only an eight hour time window, right? Okay. Uh, so only, so the idea is that insulin will spike much less, right? And the idea is, for type two diabetes, the idea is you want your insulin to spike less, um, less often and to lesser uh, levels, right? Okay, because uh -huh. the more optimal it is, the longer your pancreas will last. One idea is that, you know, there's only so much insulin the pancreas can release. And if you keep abusing it in a way, then over time, it's gonna run out and that leads to type two diabetes. One, one part of type two. Other part is that the insulin acts on the different tissues and how responsive they are to insulin um, is very important, right? So, so what's very interesting is when you are fasted, um, it, the studies have shown you don't even need to make the same amount of insulin. Your body becomes so efficient at absorbing the calories that it actually um, it, it becomes more insulin sensitive, is what you would say. So mm -hmm. it's the opposite of insulin resistance, which causes type two diabetes. Because what happens is blood insulin is being released but the glucose doesn't go down in your blood because your body doesn't respond to this insulin. So one of the things the fasting does is makes you more insulin sensitive. And one of the very early things people would notice when they start doing the intermittent fasting and I notice is, you know, this feeling, you know, when you're young, you could eat as many meals and you don't feel full, like you can, you mm -hmm. can put more, but as we get older, that becomes harder and you kind of start uh, having this acid reflux and this and that. Well. I'll tell you one thing that happened for me when since I fast started fasting is that feeling of that feelings disappeared. I don't I can eat a lot more when I want to. And the other thing is like you just feel very fit and the food just you know you you you, you can feel it that you can digest the food way better. Like okay. way faster. Right. Okay. And the other so, thing I I want to add was uh, it's not 
Um, even though one of the very interesting, most paradoxical things I've heard about, uh, you know, the research shows is, so intermittent fasting, for example, um, you know, you're eating within the eight or the six hour window, right? Mm -hmm. One surprising thing, people would think, well, that means I'm going to feel hungry, right? And interestingly, you don't yes. feel hungry. You don't. This is why it's a very smart. That is thing. interesting. That yeah, when you when like you keep, trick. yeah, when you keep fasting or so, when you keep snacking, then you get hungry. But if you actually say, "I'm not eating anything," and that, by the way, means no sugar, no coffee uh, or tea as well. That means you can have black coffee or black tea, but no, no, no drink with any calories in it. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. the, 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 the fasting is to be strict because if you're taking, uh, I mean, I've taken a small strawberry. That's all it needs uh, for you to like go much longer because there's enough in, in a, you know, a small amount of calories for, for, for the fat to sort of break the fast. But the better, the longer you can do it, the better it is. And if you do have to uh, initially, some people feel they get headaches that goes away. Um, but it, it's sort of training your body, just like you would train your body for a marathon it's training your body for this metabolic workup and then it becomes part of your lifestyle and that's so the idea is uh with that i was saying that that's how people can earn a million dollars so the research <laughs> shows that you know you can easily slow down diseases and maybe you know you could put off your retirement by 10 years right and that's what i i think oh that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good selling point <laughs> right so that okay. i think you're you're more active you're mm -hmm. sharper um, I feel your, you know, um, you know, the, the lull during the day that you sometimes, you know, feel the need. Yes. To like that crash at 3 PM crash. Yeah, you don't get that because your, your body is now sort of more in sync with the, you know, this is the eating time and then the resting time you're better rested. So that's where, where you become more efficient as a person, but at the same time, you're actually helping yourself in the long term as well. So I think that's where you get your big bucks essentially the way. Okay. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. Those are, that's all great information and probably debunked a lot of uh, ideas around fasting because most people thinking, oh, I'm going to starve myself, but it doesn't sound like that. But when you first started, because you, you weren't always fasting, even though you were curious about it, when you started, what were some of the symptoms? Like, what should people expect? You said it's like training yourself for a marathon as an example. So were there, you know, what kind of symptoms did you have and how long did it last? And then when did you start feeling, you know, this higher energy or whatever? So your symptoms yeah. when you first started and then till, does it kind of even out at a certain point? I think the, so the way I, um, uh, the way to look at this is, um, first of all, I recommend people who are doing this, um, they have to do it seriously for at least 10, 12 weeks to see things change in the long okay. run, right? So I, I suggest I suggest people to go take do their blood work, right? They can they can see because it's very important to go see your glucose and before you started doing this and mm -hmm. this experiment and then after three, uh, three months, you know, go check yourself again, right? That will tell you if this is working for you or not, right? Okay. The second question about 
you actually start seeing the benefits right away. I mean, within a few days, there's no, uh, it doesn't take that long. You know, like I was saying, you feel active. That's almost happening very short term, like in the next, um, but, but some of the negatives that we were talking about, like you might get hungry um, um, and then you might have headaches. That happens initially, but it eventually goes away. So one of the things I do sometimes, and you know, people can do different things, like you can definitely drink coffee or black tea. I like to drink lime water, uh, um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, limeade. So I just have that with some salt, um, no, no sugar. Um, you know, there might be a few calories, but you can some, do something very small to get over that and, and to help you. And when I drink lime water, it actually helps. Acidity, uh, sort of having a, um, a vitamin, uh, sort of a, a vitamin C rich drink is also supposed to be helpful. So this this helps you helps me further. Yeah. Okay. So if you're feeling those symptoms, it sounds like you can do some um, vitamin C, little beverage. Or, or yeah, drink water. Drink a lot of yeah. Important, very important to stay hydrated. I, I would yeah. also add that uh, hydration seems to help a lot because you get thirsty and and it's it's a good thing. It's good. It, it's another advantage of all this. Yeah. Okay. And so we're talking about insulin. Uh, right. Did you have? Any, you know, I think a lot of people, when they think about fasting, at least most, most people I know, if they're interested in this, it's because they want to lose weight. Right. Is this affecting people's weight? What do you, what do yourself and then yeah. other people that have done this? What's your research found? I, I have to say, I've been very, I'm very grateful to intermittent fasting during this whole pandemic because I thought <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't been moving as much, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, lost a lot of opportunity to do exercise. But intermittent fasting has kept me um, almost near my original weight, you know, and, and I'd already lost some weight and I'm not overweight, but, but your, your, your waist gets tighter. Essentially, you're, you, you'll feel the whole, the, the, the changes. Um, um, and, and so it's helped, it, the research shows uh, very clearly that it does help you lose weight. And I think, I've been trying to understand why. And I think one of the reasons is, the way I explain to the people is sometimes like, Imagine getting lost. You know, imagine how we were, how we evolved, right? That's mm -hmm. the key thing to remember. We evolved in the jungle and, 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 um, you know, and, and now we are near a refrigerator, right? So imagine when we're in the, in the jungle. So what, uh, so when you're fasting, you're essentially putting yourself in that uh, state that you got, let's say you got lost and you're searching for food. And when mm -hmm. you're searching for food, here's a lot of interesting things that happen. You become more active because you've got to find food. Right? right. You uh -huh. fooled your body that telling it, okay, there's no food around, right? So it's searching. It might be searching for the refrigerator. That's the wrong place. But, <laughs> but, but it's looking for food. It's your memory improves. There's studies showing that short term, uh, within three months of fasting, your memory improves, actually. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we, we're doing research that even your eyesight improves. After oh, fasting. Okay. Right. The, even even when you say eyesight improves, I'm just asking, not that I'm trying to date myself, but my eyes are changing. So uh, would that help me? <laughs> I, I think the we think the age-related eye disorders, you could slow them down with this. Oh, okay. That's the idea of it. Same with the gut, um, you know, cancers, for example. You know, um, a lot of the previous, uh, you know, the diet restriction research, if you look at mice that have dietarily restricted versus those of overfed, the ones that overeat, they die mainly of cancers. The ones that are not eating, they don't die of cancers. So you're totally mm. driving, um, you know, reducing a lot of, uh, not only delaying some diseases, but some will actually um, significantly be prevented. 
Okay. Well, that's that's really fascinating right. and very good information. Right. So I was saying, so imagine yourself in, in, in the jungle. So what, what's happening is, so when you're fasting, your body says, okay, you know, switch over to this state where you are energetic. You've got to go find food. Now, at that time, the last thing on your mind is sort of, food right the, i mean you're searching for food but at the same time your appetite is reduced and that's very important because you're essentially your body has made the switch and that's what you want to go into the switch which where your body is breaking down calories it's searching for it's active and it's searching for things right and mm -hmm. so it becomes you become in a way um more energetic right mm -hmm. and so and and the reason i think you the reason you lose weight is because now you were and when you eat suddenly, then the body says, okay, we're near food, let's start eating. But um, I think the way we, we think, because you're burning more fat, you're making different, um, you know, your body is sort of changed. I think it's sending, it, interestingly, you get, um, you get hungry, uh, sorry, you get uh, satiated much faster, right? Okay. And then the, the other interesting uh, research that is out there, which is really interesting, uh, fascinating is that, the amount of insulin you make now to actually uh, sort of um, uh, put away the calories that you eat is actually less because your body becomes more insulin sensitive. You actually make less. And that these are all signals that are important for uh, sort of satiety, essentially. That means you, you have reduced appetite because you, you get full quickly and then you're then, um, then you're moving on to the next phase. Okay. So you, you know, for example, for example, you know, think about the people who train to overeat. You know, there's this hot dog eating competition, right? Oh gosh, yes. So, so what I find very interesting is you never, people who are in that hot dog eating competition, they don't fast before they show up for the competition. That's not the way to train. Because one of the things that's going to happen is your gut will shrink. Right. So because your gut will shrink, uh, you know, and, and like I said, other signals that are being sent by the body, they, they are, they're, they're signaling satiety. So, so you will eat less. So those in the hot dog competition, they train themselves by eating more every day. And then when they're ready for the, the last day, they're also, you know, they continue that. They don't like fast and then come. Right, right. Okay. So yeah, you're training for how you're going to continue to eat. More, exactly. Term. So yeah. you're increasing the size of the gut. And if you think about that, uh, so about by by 16 hour fast, your you your gut is going to shrink maybe a little bit, and that's why you don't eat you don't need to eat as much yeah, to get yeah. that feeling. Uh, of okay, okay. So that's another kind of I guess trick, right? So yeah, you're right. not going to crave more. You're not going to uh, crave calories. Yeah. Right. So this, I mean, it does sound like a an interesting avenue to take for people. Uh, my questions are, how would this affect someone? You know that is either very active if they are complete competing for a marathon uh, triathlon or just they have to use so much energy all the time and i know when you're in the middle of a training you don't want to have a spike or a lull so if you are choosing to do intermittent fasting should that be well before you do any kind of competition or training so your body's at a certain regulation right um i Actually, I think for fit people or, or runners and marathon, I think this is equivalent to running. Like I said, it's like a metabolic workout rather than a physical workout, but you're burning fat. You're training the body to burn fat. So I've actually, yeah, that's another advantage. I've actually noticed, and I think there, there might be studies coming out on this, that 
you actually improve your improve your endurance for exercise. Okay. Right? If you're fasting, you're improving your endurance for exercise because your body is now trained to bake, break down fat. If you fat, uh, fat, so if you fast for 16 hours, you're in a better shape in a way to to last longer periods of exercise. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if if someone wants to start this, let's say, oh, okay, I I want to start intermittent fasting today, but I am in the middle of training for my marathon. Now, do you think this is something to also take on or should they wait? You know, because oh, I, I know I would take if you it don't on. feel good, really? Yeah, Even if you don't feel good, you can still compete? Well, I, first of all, you do feel good. You feel better because you, you have this heightened energy. Um, uh, but I think you can make up for it by eating more during that eight hour period. There's no, uh, okay. you know, you just eat more calories during that time and, and your body will deal with the, with the, with that food. Okay. So that law in the beginning, the beginning of this process, is it just a couple of days where you're feeling like you said, headache I think it's, like it's going to be different for different people. And I think people should, uh, assess for themselves. Maybe they don't want to do 16, eight. They want to start. Like I was telling my mom, so I start having her start with 12, 12, and then, you know, 14, 10 slowly, and then, you know, gradually go to uh, 16, 8, because she's a little older and she was pre-diabetic, uh, but she loves it now. So, you know, after a lot of resistance, um, you oh, know, nice. uh, she's eventually seeing the benefits of this and she had problems with her gut and, and you know, she, she's a lot, she feels a lot better now. So I, I never okay. heard many anecdotal stories like this. Um, so they can, they can, uh, you know, I think it's more a concern for people who are older, like how you want to do this sort of in maybe steps. But I, I think younger okay. people and who are fit, I, I don't, don't think there's any problem. In fact, I exercise now also in the morning before I eat, because that's another way to further boost your metabolism. Because um, with exercise and and the fasting you actually get more ketone bodies. So there's even more of a rush, actually. So, you know, people don't have to do if they feel like they're passing out or they don't have the energy. But if you have the energy, uh, you can add that to it. Okay. And so then you, you talked about for people being active. What about, you know, with hormones? Um, for example, you know, you could have someone going, is this that for adults? So after puberty? How does this affect uh, people that may be pregnant or menopause? I know hormones is a big thing when it comes to, to dieting. And I'm wondering yeah. how this affects. So that's a good question. I mean, I, I think I, I, I definitely don't know much about the, the studies around pregnancy and intermittent fasting. So I, I'm not, you know, I would, that, that's something I think you'd have to uh, ask your doctor. So I don't advise for that because there, the body's in different physiological state. You're trying mm -hmm. to take care of, uh, you know, a whole other uh, uh, body. So that that might be maybe not the best situation. There, I think I'd leave it to the to the mother and their doctor. They should think of uh, how to proceed. Um, but uh, um, but otherwise, I think uh, it, it should be doable at other ages, uh, like uh, hormones. So, for example, one of the things uh, you talked about hormones. So hormones are under circadian control as well. So one of the okay. things that uh, research has shown is that uh, food, you know, light is a trigger for our circadian health, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, you want to switch off the lights at an appropriate time before going to bed um, and, and stay away from the light pollution. But food is also a very interesting trigger for circadian health, right? The, mm -hmm. And to have a better circadian homeostasis. So, so both a combination of food and light um, um, would only help to have better circadian health 
that means better control over the cycling of the hormones uh, um, uh, sensory. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, would you say that this is only good for adults? Like this isn't something we want to do for children that are growing in all these stages, is it? Um, I think I, I wouldn't recommend it for uh, children, but at the same time, you know, you one of the things which we are doing, which is very artificial and, you know, I mean, if you think about like all the research, it's sort of almost wrong is we're, um, we're not nowhere normal like we used to be. So what is the normal, right, is the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is right now people wake up and first thing they do is eat and the last thing they do at night is eat, right? And that's mm -hmm. not normal as well. So um, I think uh, it, there's also, um, I mean, the idea is that studies show that if, if I mean, you would, if you were to do time-restricted feeding, your craving for sugar would reduce, right? So in that mm -hmm. sense, I think especially kids who are overeating, this is definitely a way to sort of control. They should definitely not be encouraged to eat late at night, for example. Okay. Right? People should, you know, so there are things like that. I mean, the timing matters. I think you can just, it's, it's just like brushing your teeth, right? We all know the importance of brushing your teeth in the morning and, and in the evening. And then once, the reason I was saying you keep it for 10 weeks is then it becomes part of your habit and then you don't, don't think about it. And so mm -hmm. if you give, so initially it's hard, right? You get some headaches uh, and, and some people get headaches, I should say. And then once you get into a pattern, it'll become part of a rhythm. And then once you've done it for, uh, the idea is I think it's like, if you do something for like, you know, three, four weeks, it starts becoming easier to do. And, and then it'll be just part of your life. And then that's right. when you want to make it a habit, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how more I- More like I, a lifestyle. More like a lifestyle shift, exactly. And okay. again, remind yourself that this is how we were thousands of years ago. You know, we were not near a refrigerator, didn't have right. all this access to the or fast food, the fast food and all at all times of the day. Yeah. Right, right. 24 seven. So um, have you now I just want to know about your personal experience, because, you know, it's good to get the science behind it. It's good to get, you know, to hear the results. But how do we make this practical as far as did you have any troubles when you were fasting going to an event? Let's say you had a brunch to attend or, or certain, you know, social or very important functions where food was involved and it's during your fasting time. Do you just bypass yeah. it? Well, I have to say, you know, that's individual. I have seen, uh, you know, like people in my field, I highly respect. And, you know, one of the things, the thing I see the people in my field is a lot of people, more people than you would think normally do fasting and they take much better care of their health and i think the reason is they're exposed to the information they know what right. you know uh, um, uh, poor eating habits can do so i'm I, so i i you know my observation so i i, I met one researcher a very prominent researcher you know she, she went out for us uh, uh, for dinner and all she had was salad because she doesn't eat after a certain uh, four or five uh, five o'clock some people do you know eight in the morning to four uh, p.m so uh, so they, she wasn't eating after that uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so yes, it can enter. So, uh, on other cases, I think, yes, it can sometimes for late night dinners can have a problem, you know, but what you can try to do is a eat less. And the other thing you can do is it's okay. Once in a while, if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work out, just go back on track with your habit. The idea is to just do it as, okay. as less as possible. And, you know, and then you will, you know, it should come from within, you know, this, I feel good after doing that. And the other thing is those days when, I've, when I have eaten poorly or late at night, I also know it's harder to go to sleep. 
So, you know, you tell yourself, okay, you know, I don't want this. I, I was having a nice routine. I want to just stick back to my, you know, fasting regime uh, um, where I, you know, eat within this, these periods of time and I have better control. I have better control over my snacking as a result as well. Because you just don't have as many, the, the cravings are, are not there. Because one reason we think for that is because your, your body is efficient at burning fat. So if you're good at burning fat, it's not asking for sugar all the time because sugar is the, the quick calories you get, you teach, you know, you, you, you train your body sort of to eat if you get into bad habits, right? Then your the, the body says, okay, where's more, where's more sugar? Because it's, it's sort of forgotten how to burn fat and access calories other ways. It's constantly okay. looking for sugar. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense. You're like, okay, you've been fasting for a while. This is not your likelihood, but every, if there's like some hiccup or some, weekend wedding it's okay and most likely if this has become a lifestyle for people it's going to be you know what i that was the wedding break but i really want to get back to my routine and, and feeling better so the the motivation will be internally once it becomes more of a lifestyle that's what it sounds like you're saying yeah absolutely yeah okay okay so well this is all fantastic information and uh you know for people listening um, it was a lot of information, probably new to a lot of us. And uh, where, you know, how do we get started? What do you, are there documentation? Is there a website? What's, what's a way for people to figure out what would work for them? Or like, oh, I want to practice this. Uh, where do you recommend a, a resource? How, how do yeah, we there's, there's one very interesting book um, called The Circadian Code uh, by Sachin Panda at, at the Salk Institute, who's one of the prominent researchers in this area. Uh, that's available on Amazon, but also he also has an app if you want to keep track of your food. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, you you write in, and, and thousands of people are contributing data to this to to their to their website, so they can have. And this is where they get some of these this information that you know about twenty percent of the people are eating sixteen hours a day, and not twelve, twelve, or not you know sixteen, uh -huh. eight, but almost you know, eating more than they, you know, way more than they should be. So, um, so that, that's another way uh, to, to, uh, to take it. But also, uh, I think if you just put intermittent fasting, some, they're very, very good uh, resources on the web. And, you know, you could, you should, you know, read multiple resources because there, everyone has different tips, maybe to, to how to do it. And, and also better, um, you know, different explanations for how it might work. Um, um, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's benefits are just beginning to be realized, I should add, right? It's okay. now, um, you know, it's there for slowing, uh, you know, people are looking into this to see if it would slow age-related neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease. So that's another mm -hmm. place where research is being done. So, you know, I, the, the idea is that there's large-scale, widespread benefits. Um, so, uh, so, you know, it's something to keep up with, you know? Um, right. Yeah. As, it, as it grows, as more research develops. So right. just um, if you could repeat again the name of the book and the app, and then I can actually put that in the show notes so people are interested. So the name of the book and the author? Right. The book, uh, book the book's name is Circadian Code, and the okay. author's name is Sachinanda uh, Panda. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll write that in the show notes so if, you, if you're interested. And then the, right. the application? Yeah, the app is also, I, I forget the name, but by the same author, he has an app. Uh, on this yeah okay okay so that's a good place to start um and great so if we want to learn more about you um where can we find you 
Yeah, I'm, I work at the Buck Institute. If you just Google my name, Pankaj Kapahi, uh, Buck Institute, then um, you can go to our website and you can follow the research we do on, on, these, top, on these topics. Great. Well, it's been so awesome, Pankaj. Thank you so much for taking us here. I think this is, uh, you know, now that we're in quarantine and dealing with the pandemic, this is something that's come up and we can actually think, oh, this is something we can do on our own. We actually don't need a facilitator, correct? This is something we can do on our own with some good information. And uh, the way things are going, you definitely have the opportunity to try this for 10 to 12 weeks and see where it gets you, right? <laughs> yeah, great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I hope we can learn more one day. Yeah, thank you so much very, uh, for having me. It was, uh, it's been great talking to you. Before we go, I just wanted to give you a quick update about the resources. Pankaj was talking about the book, The Circadian Code, written by Sachin Panda, PhD. That's spelled S-A-T-C-H-I-N, Panda. The app is called My Circadian Clock. And there's also going to be a link to the Intermittent Fasting 101 Beginner's Guide from Healthline. You can find this information in the show notes. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.